Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Welcome to Cannon Fodder, a behind-the-scenes look at the Glass Cannon Network. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Cannon Fodder. It is Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. I'm your old pal, Joey O'Brien. And I'm Troy, State of the Pod, La Valley. Oh, baby, that State of the Pod was juicy. It's hot. Are we the <laughs> hottest TTRPG network in the biz right now? Because I kind of feel like we are. <laughs> I'm glad you feel that. It must be nice to just have those delusions uh, to yourself. Uh, keep yourself pumped up. What's going on, Nash? We are so excited to be back uh, with you chatting uh, one-on-one here. A uh, little fod hang to kind of recap the state of the pod. Because that was a big night. A lot of info. You did a little after chat with uh, Patreon subscribers on the on the Discord. Yep. And uh, I'm, I'm assuming that went well and that you revealed a lot of secrets you shouldn't have. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, so much to talk about. We're releasing character intro videos for Gatewalkers. We're releasing Gen Con content this week. Uh, lots to get into. We're going to have a juicy We Are Stupid as we get back uh, in the groove with that. Uh, Gen Con is over. Professor Eric is back on the ones and twos. So yeah, it's going to be going to be a good fod, but I want to kick it off with the state of the pod Recap. If you remember last week, we said that, uh, last, last week we said on Friday, Troy will be doing a state of the pod. And, uh, why don't you tell people how the night went, what you did, and, uh, let's give everybody the information they need about Gatewalkers, what's coming, what to look forward to, and some dates. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think where to begin. I basically talked, uh, for half an hour and then I launched right into these videos that we shot a couple months ago. And your voice Um, sounded great. You didn't sound sick at all. Yeah, I didn't sound sick at all. Dude, I'll tell you what. I, it's, it's, what is it, Wednesday now? I'm just starting to feel better. And I, I felt shitty the Tuesday after Gen Con. And I was, I was sick for eight days. Just not, not, not even like from sick, sick to still not a hundred percent. And like today's the first day I'm like, I think I could go lift some weights. Okay. Um, 
and then probably relapse again. But man, just that I never get con crud. Like Skid gets it every single time. If we just drive by a con, he gets it. Uh, I if never we drive it. by a con, Skid has to is bedridden for like three days. It's a real. He shame. just lays in bed. I've seen him on his side just watching TV shows on his phone because he can't even get up to turn the television on. I've I've never got it in like I've got it's just rough rough shape. But uh, yeah, so I I I, uh, I I gave a little preamble, and then we launched into these videos, which are now releasing every single day this week. It's Wednesday. We just dropped the Kate one. Uh, Monday we dropped Matthew. Tuesday we drop Sydney. Uh, tomorrow is going to be Skid, and then Friday we drop Joe. So I played those videos, and those videos are anywhere from like fifteen to I think yours is like thirty minutes long. <laughs> uh, so that was the bulk of the John, and then at the end I gave some dates. But you know, just to give a recap uh, up top, I, I I just talked about our, our process a little bit and how you know after Giant Slayer ended, we uh, we we really needed a break uh, from 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 making that type of show we didn't want to just launch into uh, giant slayer 2 um and we also the network had changed so much since the beginning uh of of when it was just the glass cannon podcast that we had so many other things going on so many irons in the fire that we needed to uh take some time to focus on growth not only of our content but of our uh of our casts we wanted to bring in new people and and start uh, growing the family a little bit and exploring new genres and really trying to turn it into a network um but in so doing, uh, while we saw growth in many areas, um, we just feel, I, I think everyone sort of felt that we were, uh, the phrase I used was a ship without a rudder. You know, we just, without a, a, a giant slayer, without a, a real true flagship show, um, you know, I think a, a lot of people uh, were just, were, were kind of waiting, biding their time, even though there are shows now that we produce that are people's legitimate favorites on the network. Every week, people are like, Blood of the Wild is the best thing they've ever done. Legacy of the Ancients is my favorite favorite show haunted city is the greatest uh actual play on the you know i I hear it all the time and i think that's great but there's there's something about having a network that started one way and not having you know it's that's its soul we needed to bring back the the soul of the network and so you know originally we were we were really leaning into what we call gcp 2.0 create our own world create our own stories and while we did the latter we 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 really uh, my writing partner and i along with some some brainstorming sessions with other great ttrpg people in the space we we came up with something we were really really excited about but when it came to the world that was something that we just feel like to do it the glass cannon way, you can't half-ass it. And the world creation is what really gummed up the process of, uh, you know, wanting to go straight into 2.0. And so as we looked at what, what else we could do, it was, uh, Paizo reached out and was like, Hey, uh, and it wasn't like a, Hey, you should do this as the follow up to Giant Slayer. It was just like, you know, from time to time, they'll write, reach out and be like, Hey, we have this product. I don't know if you guys are interested in it. And it was, uh, it was Gatewalkers. They had a draft copy of Gatewalkers they sent to me. And, uh, you know, at the time, I wasn't even really, I wasn't in a place to even like, consider it as uh, like oh what what are we going to do you know i was just i was still waiting to discover and when i started reading it i was like three book adventure path written by three of the you know writers that we've all come to love throughout our time of playing pathfinder society scenarios and adventure paths and i started reading it and i was like this is it it's this is this is what we should do this is going to 
uh, be the Glass Cannon Podcast campaign too. So I talked about that and pretty much I just gave you the Reader's Digest of what I said. And then we launched into the videos, uh, which were just beautiful. You know, we, we, uh, a guy reached out to us, a guy by the name of Matt Brody, uh, friend of the, friend of the pod, member of the Nash. And this happens from time to time. People shoot their shot all the time. Like, Hey, I'm a this, I'm a that. Uh, here's my resume. Here's my reel. And like, sometimes we don't even have the bandwidth to dig into them, but we, we really do try to look at everything that comes through. And now that we have McD, you know, McD's really good about like answering as many emails as possible, answering as many things, putting stuff in front of us that looks, um, you know, you know, like something we might be interested in. But this one just, I happened to stumble upon it and I was like, ah, let me click, click the reel. And I started looking at his reel and I was like, holy shit. This dude's legit. Joe, can you reach out and let's get a meeting with this guy? And we met with him and, uh, you know, we started talking about, you know, our ideas for the new space. Cause we, at that point, we were just getting into looking for a new recording space in, uh, in Astoria to build a new production studio. And like, I really wanted to document that process. And so we had him come out and shadow us. And that was that video that we put up of you and I looking at, uh, at studio spaces. And we really hit it off and, and decided to, to bring him on as our cinematographer for the show. And so one of my ideas, people love these introduction videos that we did for Starfinder and, and, and Raiders of the Lost Continent. And, uh, and you did them audio only for Blood of the Wild. I was like, I want to do these, but I want to shoot them like, I want it to look like a TV show. And uh, he has the capabilities to do that. And so we shot these uh, really, really cool vignettes all over uh, New York, all over the five boroughs um, of just having conversations. Like it's conversations between me and each of you just kind of talking to you, talking about why are we at this bar? Why is this place, this area significant? But then we start diving into really initial conversations about the character and where these were months ago. They really are like our first, you're, the, we were capturing our first real conversations about like what character you might want to play. And so the videos that came out of that, they're, 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 I don't know. They just, they, we nailed it. We fucking nailed it. They look great, they sound great, and they really give you a slice of life into like, uh, you know, our relationships behind the scenes as well. And so we did all that. And then at the end of the state of the pod, I said, uh, two weeks from tonight, which that was Friday. So it'll be, uh, Friday, August 25th, I believe. Let me get my calendar. We are going to be dropping session zero. Uh, that is going to be, uh, on Twitch, 8 p.m. Eastern on, uh, Friday, August 25th. And then on Thursday, September 14th. Uh, the Glass Cannon Podcast Campaign 2 premieres, and it's going to be premiering on YouTube. We are going to be putting this show on YouTube um, for a million different reasons. Uh, certainly the uh, one big reason is that we've got a, a really – it's our fastest growing channel. We have almost 42,000 subscribers on YouTube. We're seeing a lot of traction and a lot of growth on that channel. And it's not to say we don't see that on Twitch, but uh, we – you know, this is something I really wanted to try for a long time. So we're going to be premiering it on YouTube, and then at midnight, the podcast is going to release. So we're switching up our release schedule. Glass Cannon Podcast will no longer release, release on Tuesdays. It's going to release – Friday at midnight or for people in other parts of the world, Thursday or late at night. Uh, and then legacy of the ancients is going to move to Tuesday and there's going to be some other, uh, shifting, <clears throat> but, uh, that was pretty much the nuts and bolts of the state of the pod. I didn't release it as a podcast because honestly it, yeah, it was me introducing the videos and the videos are all up on YouTube to watch for free. And, uh, the first part, uh, and uh, the last part, I, I mean, just, they're not, they're not right. They're like, they just started releasing. Well, they will be by the end of the time. Yeah, yeah. They will be by the end of this week. 
So far, you've got Matthew, Sydney, and Kate are up on yeah. YouTube, right? I said this while you walked over to your uh, oh. photograph in the back there. <laughs> what I you can't it. see at home is that at a certain point, Joe got up, took <laughs> off his pants, and put on new <laughs> pants, and I had to sit here and watch it while I vamped. I was actually turning my ceiling fan on because it was so freaking hot in here. <laughs> and then I took my pants off. Um, uh, but everything I just said is literally everything that was said on the State of the Pod, but now you can just watch the videos and, and uh, you've, you've heard the rest. Yeah. So you can see those character videos. Also, um, yeah, the show pre- is premiering on YouTube, but it's it's a podcast, obviously. And it'll be oh, released yeah. the very next day. So uh, it'll be Friday the 15th at midnight. You'll get uh, the podcast. Uh, and then it'll be every Friday. So the Glass Cannon Podcast Campaign 2 will be releasing every Friday, uh, as opposed to it used to be every Tuesday. Now it'll be every Friday. Glass Cannon Day is now uh, Friday. So you get the whole weekend to listen, uh, take it all in, you know, and then that was really. And then we'll come back for the FOD. We'll do a little FOD the next week, uh, talk about the EP. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Because, I mean, we've already got, you know. Uh, first episode in the can there. One like, I just want to talk about the first episode. Dude, and I said that also on the stream, like that morning, uh, it, and it was, I didn't plan to do this. I just, I had to go into the city, get a haircut, get Linus a haircut. I was like, all right, it's time. I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to the whole fucking thing. And I listened to episode one and it's, I mean, I don't know how to say this without sounding uh, conceited, but it's fucking awesome. It's like, <laughs> The, the pacing is tight. Like it, it, it nailed all of the things that I wanted. I didn't know how I was going to end the episode, and that would really bother me. You know, when you think about Giant Slayer episode one, I knew that like I wanted to get to Roderick is dead. When I think of Androids and Aliens episode one, I was like, I want to get to uh, Duravor Creel is dead, or you know what I mean? Like they yeah. both ended kind of the same way. There was there was a a definite like great Cliffy, and this book didn't have that and so i was just like we were sitting there before the session i was still like what is the cliffy for this because i didn't know how long the episode was going to be i was like episode one is going to be as long as it needs to be because we used to release three episodes on day one and we're not doing that we're releasing one we we've established ourselves now we don't need to do play those uh, algorithm games anymore but i wanted it to be a juicy episode and it sits uh close to three hours to over two for sure and uh I mean, but it really—it's just—it fucking sings, dude. So yeah, I can't—I can't wait to to watch it too because I haven't watched it. I've only listened, um, and then yeah, get to get to talking about it right before we started recording fodder today. I was prepping um, because we're recording a ton of episodes uh, between now and next and next fodder, next, next fodder. Basically, we're we're really trying to get these uh, in the can because we only have one, and we've committed to the 14th of September, and so I'm I'm trying to prep literally through December. Because that's this is my new jam. It's like I want to get all the mechanical prep out of the way so that then I can just sit and play with you guys and that we can work on like the old school way of how we did Giant Slayer. Um and so I'm 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 deep into that prep. And it's nice, it's first level, but it's also second edition, so it's it's got some wrinkles in there. I want to make sure that we do it justice. And oh fuck, I bury the lead. I also announced the three official sponsors of the Glass Cannon Podcast <laughs> campaign too. I'm sorry, I'm only on my fourth cup of coffee uh we we are partnering with 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 three groups that we've been friends with for a while some are more obvious than others but these are big big announcements uh we are going to be uh partnering with demiplane demiplane is going to be the official uh character creation software of the glass cannon podcast campaign too we built all of our characters on there which you'll see uh in session zero uh in a week and a half and uh their digital tools for the pathfinder nexus we're going to be using those uh it's absolutely 
absolutely amazing. And then Norse Foundry, our old buddies at Norse Foundry, they're going to be the official dice of the Glass Cannon podcast campaign, too. Every time we roll for initiative, you'll hear Skid talk about uh, how you, for all your random number generating needs, <laughs> try out Norse Foundry. And I spoke about we're going to be doing some really fun collaborations with them uh, with regards to the new show. And then finally, uh, something that people have been asking for, clamoring for, fighting in the streets about, which I think is a little too much. Uh, Foundry Virtual Tabletop will be the official VTT of the Glass Cannon Podcast campaign, too. And we are psyched yeah, about that. Been awesome to work with. Holy crap. It looks so good. Yeah. It's so smooth. I mean, it's just, it's been great to work with. So, yeah, looking and, forward to all of it. And, dude, I'm using the, uh, the premier Gatewalkers pack that, uh, was made for Foundry and it's, it's gorgeous. A member of the Nash made all the maps. <laughs> Get out <laughs> for, of here. Yeah. I don't know if he made all the maps or, or, or just some, but definitely was involved in the, uh, map creation because I saw some. Whoa, someone... whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you, are you hedging in on Davy Maps' territory? I'm are you cutting saying. out Davy Maps? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I bought the exclusive. We're going to use Foundry. Let's let's use Foundry. So I bought the exclusive. Uh, well, I didn't buy it. They they gave it to us. Uh, but uh, it's fucking sick, dude. Little we know. Member of the Nation. Member of involved. the Nation. That's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> don't worry, Davy Maps. There will be plenty, uh, plenty of maps to be made, uh, at various shows. But yeah, this is, it's really exciting. I've been loving using the Demiplane stuff. It's so freaking slick. I mean, the character sheet, these are like little stupid things, but I geek out over they this stuff. They make a big difference. Yeah. There's these little, like, <laughs> And there's like a character, you can do different versions of your own character sheet, and they have these like little animations and stuff, and it's just so much fun. I don't want to get into it now. We'll talk about it in, in a FOD after it already releases, and I'll tell you like these little things that I did to my character sheet is just so fun. It's like it's like your character sheet is breathing while you're playing. Like it's just it's just so cool, and uh, yeah, totally immerses you in the experience. So yeah, so excited to be working with all of them. Uh, you guys know we love Norse Foundry, and so it's it's great to have them as an official partner of the new launch of the new show so very much looking forward to all that um speaking of new shows uh we did a bunch at gen con 17 Mm. right Mm. 17 to be exact ish 17 and uh, maybe 16 of them are going to be able to be seen right on on youtube in one way or another so uh but they just started releasing this week yesterday uh, uh, to youtube yeah yeah, we dropped all of day one of Gen Con, uh, which was a lot, uh, with, with, with the new side quest side sesh, uh, Sydney's character video and the day one videos. I think we dropped six videos on YouTube yesterday. In a single day. Yeah. Yeah. They're Not normally our style, but cannibalizing each other. But, uh, you know, we want, we want to get them out in a, in a timely manner so people can, uh, if you didn't catch them live on Twitch or didn't catch the VOD, you can finally look at them and, and please check them out. And, and if you like the games that you see, uh, go, Go support these uh, publishers. There's so many great RPGs. Like there's the, the obvious ones, like we played Pathfinder and whatnot. But like then you got Vast Grim. You've got the new Marvel RPG, which we can't stop uh, raving about. So if you if you like what you see, it makes a big difference for us. And this is the same thing. And you, we'll we'll say it without saying it uh, for Demiplane and Norse Foundry and Foundry VTT. We want to push people to these platforms uh, because it really it helps both of us in the end. We can help build their companies. They can help. Uh, us produce awesome shows so uh, if you see games you like go buy them talk about how you you learned about these products from uh, the glass cannon network and uh, we'll we'll keep making awesome stuff 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Um, let's do a quick tour update before we get back to, uh, we are stupid. I want to dig into the last couple apps. We, we promised we were going to dig back in on this cause we took a couple weeks off from we are stupid and, uh, and professor Eric didn't disappoint before we get to that though, tour updates, St. Louis sold out, sold, sold out. out, uh, which is really exciting, except VIP is still available. So basically what that means is the VIP tickets are not necessarily reserved as one experience. The VIP is a bump to a GA ticket. So if you're one of those GA ticket holders for St. Louis and you're thinking about, you know, going all in to hang at the after party and everything, that's still available. Uh, if you want to go to our website and get the upgrade, you can get the upgrade through our website and then come hang out with us after the show. Yeah, you can no longer, like, like someone already did, like buy the VIP ticket and then uh, amble over to the city winery site to buy GA tickets. They're sold out. So now you've got a useless <laughs> ticket. So we're t- someone already did that and we're trying to scramble with the venue because it's a very, uh, it's a very uh, set number of seats that we have. Um, but now, if you have a GA ticket, you can upgrade it. Uh, and those VIP parties that we've had, all the way starting back to Boulder have been just fantastic, wonderful. I still yeah. think about that Asheville one. I loved uh, hanging out with the Nash. They're they're intimate, and they're you really get a chance, especially now that we got 19 cast members. You, you have a chance to talk to people that if you've done these VIPs before, maybe you didn't get a chance to have a conversation with. Uh, plus, I, I hear all the time people like I got a gaming group over somebody I met at the the VIP. So uh, yeah. Dude, I think about what a ridiculous value those people that got the VIP at L.A., in L.A., uh, got because of (laughs) all of our L.A. friends being there. It's just like I'm seeing just people just hanging out with Alicia Marie and Mary Lou and Paula Deming and Jared Logan, all as part of the after party. It's just such a cool experience. But uh, but yeah, even in uh, St. Louis, Chicago, I mean, you know, we're we're there with Sydney and Kate and they're awesome. And it's just it's going to be great to to hang out. And so, yeah, join us. Uh, Chicago still has tickets available. Yeah, Chicago still has tickets still. Come on, Chicago. Let's go. You can do a little better. We're getting there, but we need more. Uh, let me tell you a l- little story. Gary Con. I was looking because I'm already thinking about the 2024 tour and I'm talking with our agent about possible stops and I was like, all right. Oh, maybe we'll, well, this is interesting. Everybody's really fired up about Gary Con this year. We've never been Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. I was like, maybe we could do a, a show there. And then I see like, I mean, I'm like, I don't know where that is on a map. And it's smack dab basically between Milwaukee and Chicago. And I can't do it. I'm not, we're not going to do the show there because I don't think we didn't sell out Milwaukee and I'd love to go back to Milwaukee. And we're kind of limping to the door with Chicago. So we have to, we won't be able to do that, which is a bummer. So come on, Chicago. We want to be able to come. We love the Midwest. We need an excuse to come to the Midwest, but we have to sell these tickets faster or it'll be like another two years uh, before we come back. Uh, let's talk about the Boston show real quick. Uh, Boston tickets are selling uh, 
wonderfully. Last time I checked, there was like 40-something tickets left. I would love to sell out that show because we've moved to uh, doing just one Boston show a year. I think last year we did two, and we are like, well, let's just do one. Uh, let's see how many tickets left. Uh, 52. 52 tickets left. Uh, and... Francis is going to be in the house as well. Yeah. Francis bonus. Francis is going to be shooting the show uh, with our other main man, CJ. So uh, you get to see Francis. I think VIP is sold out for that. So tough shit. But uh, come on and get a (laughs) GA ticket. We're going to be drinking some donkeys, having a good time. And then uh, Philly tickets. Do you know anything about the city of Philadelphia, Joe? I've heard of it. Philly tickets go on sale this Friday. And uh, that is always... uh, arguably our favorite show of the year and we're going to request more air conditioning this time because <laughs> that onesie was hot <laughs> i also yeah, weighed this, about so this 30 our, pounds more than i do now and that was a gross time in that suit it's the yearly christmas party i mean i i know it's august but we're only about 30 days out from you starting to celebrate christmas it is the christmas party every year if you can we're not going down to dc this year which i love going to dc hopefully we'll be back there next year but we're not going down to dc this year we're not going to new york this year so like if you can get down to philly buy a ticket it's going on sale this friday grab a ticket to philly and hang out for the christmas show bring your ugly christmas sweaters we wear (laughs) we get all uh dressed up on stage and god it's just so much fun sydney did the lights she did she made stockings for everybody remember that it was amazing uh god we had so much fun at that show. So my whole family is coming. I mean, like the whole family is coming this year. They've already booked tickets you and my whole table? family. Yeah. And my whole family for the first time ever is going to PAX Unplugged. Like the whole family. Yeah. You're bringing so the like, kids. The yeah, whole... my, my, for the first time, I'm bringing my kids to the con. They're all their cousins are coming and we're just going to like demo games and like oh, try stuff. That's going to be great. Oh, I love fantastic. it. I get so excited just thinking about that Philly show. So tickets are going to go on sale this Friday. Uh, check out our blog and social media to find out how to get those because I think they're going to go fast. Uh, if, if, if Gen Con tickets, uh, sold out as fast as they did, I think that a lot of people are coming to PAX Unplugged. Make sure you grab those. And that's it. Those four shows, Boston, Chicago, St. Louis, and Philly. That's it. And, uh, stay tuned for info about the 2024 tour. We are stupid. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to We Are Stupid. A couple weeks off, but now we're back in the groove uh, realizing uh, the mistakes that we make. And there are not many, but last week, if you recall, we asked Professor Eric for some analysis on these Pathfinder Society scenarios, and uh, if we're just playing poorly, or if they are extremely difficult, or how the balance of healing works, etc., and uh, he's done some deep analysis, and so I'd love to share some of that with you guys, and let's dig into it. Starting right off, I always like to put you on the defensive, Troy, and just go at you. Go at you hard. Bring it. Um, Professor Eric opens with, of course, he's very, um, he's always very... What's the word I'm looking for? Politically correct is not Moist? the word. He's very safe. He's ah. very like, I understand that Troy might want to, or it, it's, you know what I mean? He's very like uh, polite and <laughs> respectful. He's political. and But, you know, <laughs> that makes it sound more negative than it is. He's polite <laughs> and respectful because he knows this is not his game. And he knows as a GM, you run the game how you want to run the game. Um, however, he believes that without seeing the video, he didn't watch the video. He just listened to the audio. Uh, he, and he knows this module really well. He believes that perhaps we were getting targeted too much by the um, 
trap, the hazards that shot at us in each of these four seasons, uh, in the entire center of the room, it should not have been reachable in like that entire area. And so like once we left the area where we had the keys, we shouldn't have been attacked in those interim rounds. And that probably caused a little bit more damage than normally would have been done in the module. Um, he's run this a few times. It basically yeah. said that people sort of eventually figure out you just hide behind the walls, get as close as you can to the keyhole, and then everybody waits and like runs in on the same round to like get their key in the thing and shut the trap off. However, he does acknowledge that this realization does not come to everybody right away, and he's had groups uh, like pack up in the middle and just like talk for a while while the trap goes off, but it's not hitting them. He's had people go to Lelgeshen and like get his counsel on how to shut down the traps. Yeah. So one interesting point was he was like, quote, it feels like Joe's solving of the puzzle so quickly might have made it more deadly, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is interesting. Like because we kind of all were running right to another place to just stick the thing in the hole. There was no break and there was like, we were just running into fire constantly. Yeah. So uh, that might have been it. That might have been it. But yeah, I just feel like maybe there were some areas where we couldn't have been targeted that we were targeted. Yeah. Did I target you in the middle of the room? That's my memory of it was like, because it took, it took three actions just to even get from one over to the other side, not even to the other keyhole. So, and there wasn't a round that I didn't feel like we were under fire. So, yeah, uh, the way it's written is like adjacent to or within an alcove. So you kind of get that, uh, this is where you can get a little creative with what is adjacent. Uh, for me, it's near. <laughs> and what is near? For me, it's within 100 feet. <laughs> you were technically adjacent. That was the one you were closest to. Let's call it adjacent. Uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a gray area. It certainly could be interpreted and would be much less deadly uh, the way that Professor Eric is interpreting. And I get that. I mean, it just felt really tense that way. Um, and the way that I balanced it was giving you guys 20 minutes to heal without right. resetting totally. the trap. And then and it bounces that. back on the other end. Yeah, Because it really felt like... Holy shit, we're going to die here before we even get in the vault. Yeah. I mean, it felt like it was designed to kill anyone that tried to get in there, which is which is how it should feel. You know, like yeah. that's that's fantastic. But I do like balancing on the other side with like extra healing time. For sure. um, also, he points out that uh, in a regular society game, everybody in this session would have been giving given a lesser healing potion. For free, uh, for use or lose at the top of the session. Right. So you, you can't keep it, but you get it at the top of the session. Generally speaking, it is used to, uh, to mitigate, you know, rando parties that come together and don't have healing, don't have a healer. Um, and, you know, I mean, that, that makes sense to just give people that option. But mm -hmm. he also acknowledges that, like, we're a little bit different in that. We're not a random group that just sort of like randomly were put together. We made our party. So maybe we have to live with the consequences <laughs> if we don't have enough healing, you know? So it is, it's an interesting uh, dichotomy, but that is, that is 2d8 plus 5 HP for free for, for everybody, sure. which is nice. That's a nice one. It wouldn't have solved all our problems, but it does show a little bit of the balance that we were asking about last week. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Cause we're trying to like, I'm trying to play a Pathfinder society scenario without using any of the conceits of the Pathfinder Society scenario. He's <laughs> like, I'm just totally. trying to play an adventure. If you guys bought healing potions, great. If right. you didn't, I'm, I'm not like using the the sort of strict rules of how they play because that doesn't yeah. really and if me. we And if we would have communicated a little bit more, it would have been – First of all, it wouldn't have been side quest side session. Uh, and <laughs> it would have been, you know, we started at third level, which means we have no excuse 
for not purchasing a few healing potions going right. into and i have one but like but as a skeleton mine doesn't do anything for anybody else so that that's a tricky thing i'm very self-sufficient but i am i don't do anything to help anybody else which kind of sucks speaking uh of help actually you know what i'm not going to jump ahead to that um Oh, yeah. So basically, let, let's talk about the rearming of the trap, the five minutes, the one you extended to 20. Professor Eric's analysis. Troy gets an A. He likes he, <laughs> he likes the extension uh, at the time. He says it's completely fair considering how Troy rolled for all the damage on the elemental trap uh, to give uh, the extra time for healing. Um, and... He says, D- so uh, don't say that Troy only chooses to do things that hurt the PCs. So, yeah, <laughs> obviously a choice there to uh, to be fair and, and meet in the middle. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about me trying to help people through a first aid uh, action. So this was interesting. I read this actually in the episode right out of the stat, right out of the block uh, from the rules. I read the first aid was I actually don't have it up prepared and ready to go here. But uh, I said something along the lines of uh, oh, sorry. No, that's not what I wanted. I wanted not advanced, just regular old administer first aid. You perform first aid on an adjacent creature that is dying or bleeding. If the creature is both dying and bleeding, choose which ailment you treat before you roll. Um, the the success, the DC uh, is typically equal to the DC of the effect that caused the bleed when you're using it to stop bleeding. So... At some point, I feel like we just got confused in the melee, and we just said it was DC 15. I, I feel like that happened. I don't remember it specifically, but the way Professor Eric points it out, it makes me feel like that's what happened, because the medicine check is a base of 15. We sort of gave that bleed first aid a DC of 15. However, the DC is the effect that caused the bleeding. Well, what is that if it didn't have a saving throw, and it was simply a critical hit? from the kukri professor mm-hmm. eric says in these cases it is the kukri itself that defines the dc the kukri is a level six item which is a 22 dc so that's like it's sort of like that's that's how he would figure out what that dc would be so he said so the check that uh, i i think i made it i think somebody else might have made one too to help um matthew's character balthazar we failed the check but mm. then the recovery role failed, too, so it, it didn't really have a, an actual f- effect on our game. But uh, the DC should have been higher than we were saying because that Kukri is such a badass weapon. Well, that's good to remember. Like, we're forever like, well, what's the DC? Right. Look to the level of whatever you're talking about, the level of the spell, the level of the item, the level of this. And there's a chart right on the back of the GM screen and within the book that gives you suggested things for that so yeah it, it and it makes a lot of sense now thinking about because at the time i'm like well do you do the class dc of legeshin you know what i mean it's like well no uh, you know <laughs> not really because it's not something innate to him that happened it's just that blade that particular blade let's focus it on that thing uh because also whenever you're doing a, a a first aid writer i take it back to one where you're like i cast uh cure disease mm-hmm the DC that you have to roll is the DC of the disease, right? Like the, the, which is the DC, the, the character you're trying to heal first rolled against. So it confuses me at times with in two E because I'm like, but he never rolled against any DC to become bleeding. Like he didn't fail a save. He, so what is the DC? This is interesting. Go to the item level of the thing that just cut him. And then look at that GM screen, look across, level six equals 22 DC suggested. So, um, and that's hard. 
That means that, like, we can't stop his bleeding unless we get him healed up to full. So, anyway, that's an yeah, interesting. That is tricky. It is. It is tricky. It's a little uh, tricky. But I mean, but again, that's not a fault of the game system. That is like we don't have somebody that's tweaked out for medicine. You know, like, I mean, maybe Matthew is kind of, but not really. It's like to have a real wisdom based character that has maxed medicine. You'd have, a, you know, getting a DC 22 uh, heal is, is not out of the realm of possibility. You're talking about a 25, 30 percent chance. So definitely a decent chance. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the end of the episode. Where you basically transition into the next scenario. These are two scenarios yeah. that you sort of seamlessly put together as one adventure that we're going to do for SideQuest Sidesets as we wait for the release of Campaign 2, Gatewalkers. Uh, Paizo really did the work. I just <laughs> I just sell the sizzle. They sell the stick. Right. Um, However. Yeah. <laughs> and Professor Eric acknowledges this. Most people do not play these straight through. So the argument, I guess you could say, the hubbub back and forth about healing at the end of the thing was very, at the end of the episode, was very like, you were, I was like, I want to rest right here. Jared's like, stop being an annoying player. Like the, the <laughs> ceiling is falling down. You have to run into these caves. And I'm like, if the ceiling is actually falling on me, let me know. Because I'm not, I haven't heard that. I just want to, I'll rest until a rock starts falling next to me. Your honor. Your honor. Exactly. So we're pushing the rules, lawyering back and forth. We have a whole argument about it. Eventually you're like, fine, you rest eight hours for Christ's sake. You're ruining the game. You're supposed to run in there. And uh, I just love that Professor Eric points out that it is very rare for uh, multi-part PFS scenarios to ever be run back-to-back in this way. And usually, uh, they uh, they end with some sort of a, you return to the society, report what happened. The society says, we need to research what you found, and we'll call back on you soon. And then at another time, you play part two, where you go deeper you know, into these tunnels. So what he's saying is, Everybody that starts this second part is not only fully healed, but fully rested, like has all their spells, has another lesser healing potion, right, et cetera, right, et cetera, right, right. Uh, all on top. So us forcing the eight hour rest is uh, really in balance with the game completely. It's just not in balance with uh, what makes sense <laughs> in the <laughs> yeah, narrative. For sure. For sure. You know, at the same time, who is just playing part two? Be like, all right, here's what just happened. You just did all of this, and now the vault is collapsing. Well, no, no, that's How what he's saying. How did you get in here? <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's, what he's saying is the vault is not collapsing until the second part, right? Well, but the, that, the trigger is the end of part one. Like, yeah, so it's trigger. very interesting. So, he yeah. said you typically you leave the scenario. Like, literally, your character leaves the vault. Nope. Returns to the Pathfinder Society. Impossible. It's impossible as written. Uh, I mean, that's how you probably do it in the Pathfinder, but I can read this. Uh, as Lelgeshen falls, quakes start to rack the vault. They this shatter, is part one. Yeah, they shatter the mirrored walls, opening to tunnels beyond. The ceiling collapses, blocking off the doors that the PCs traveled through to enter the vault. Holy uh, shit. So that is the that is the end of part one. Uh, it says it right there. So there's no like, let's go back to the Pathfinder. It's impossible. I, but I think you must be misunderstanding, Professor Eric, because there's no well, way. No, I mean, he is saying usually this is how two-parters work. Perhaps uh, he, he didn't acknowledge that it doesn't work that way in this one. But like, you don't play two scenarios back to back. Right. You know, so like you go to an event 
you play that event, you go home. Then you play with that character. You don't not even you play another scenario. Yeah, you might, yeah. It's and very... then like three months later, you might play part two of this one. It's it's very weird. And it's you, strange with a whole different group that wasn't in the vault. So like you're really just playing. Just go play a video game. That's what you want to do. <laughs> just admit that's what you want to do. Uh, but you don't own a TV uh, <laughs> because this is the way to do it. Now uh, the way we're mitigating is like sure, rest eight hours. Just watch out for some chunks of in the a ceiling. collapsing tunnel. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean to me this this. This is that's why I picked it. I was like, "Holy shit, this is just they flow right into each other." Yeah. And uh you know, as I've alluded to you guys, part 2 is very different from part 1, and so I'm I'm excited to to dig into it uh a little more. And what's crazy to kind of lift the veil to the audience, we haven't recorded side quest side sesh in over a month, right? Yeah. Yeah, and we so there's still a, a little left that we have to finish, and I don't know how many episodes it's going to take, but uh, we're we're back at it <laughs> next week uh, to see uh, to see if we can uh, finish it. And I had mentioned this. I don't know if I said it on the State of the Nation or in the uh, Q and A afterwards. Um, if there is some overlap between the premiere of Glass Cannon Podcast Campaign Two and the end of Psycho Side, says Psycho Side is just going to move to a different day. Like we'll stream it on Friday night or something. Um, and then release the pod for that the following Tuesday. But there's a world where it ends like the week before. We'll we'll see. I doubt it. That not for us. We fucking especially in side quests, we bullshit so much and meander. <laughs> but it's also the best part of the show. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I love it so much. I, I was just thinking the other day. I was I was thinking how much I love my character in Gatewalkers and how fun it is to how I cannot <laughs> wait to get back in the studio. How I'm so excited to play this because I feel a deep connection to this. I feel an understanding of this character. I feel – I love everybody else's characters. I just love it. But there's something about side quests where I'm just like, God, I love playing that funny, fun sort of character idea that I would never do as part of the main show. But it's an awesome character to play, you know? Uh, yeah. it, it's just – it feels really awesome to be Champ the Skeleton. It's just so much fun. <laughs> and uh, – you need that. You need that in your in your gaming life, you know, some uh, sometimes to just kind of let your hair down, so to speak. For sure. Um, that's all we I got, buddy. It. That's that's it from thank you, Professor Eric, for all the detailed. I mean, he wrote he wrote paragraphs and paragraphs for us uh, delving into analysis here. And it's good to understand how some of these things work. And we, we really appreciate it. We'll be back with more uh, next week for uh, episode 210, 210. I say that's our internal designation. Season two, episode 10 uh, <laughs> next next week. You know, it's funny as we were, you and I were, we f- finished the, the, the booth was being taken down. You guys were getting everything loaded up. And then we were like, all right, we're, we're leaving. We're walking out. And we, I don't think we mentioned this last week. Maybe we did. We walked out of our little door that's closest to our booth into the hallway of Gen Con. And there's nothing sadder than like, uh, two hours after the floor closes. There's just, it goes from a million people to maybe four. Yeah, maybe four in a huge swath of hallway where a day before there were like nine people sharing a pizza on the floor, like right outside your door. While playing magic. While uh, magic, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's just a, a wasteland. Like it's, no one is there. It's so depressing. And uh, guys walking towards us, the one of the four people is like, hey, guys, it's <laughs> Professor Eric. It is Professor Eric. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I mentioned in passing last week that we saw him there. But yeah, I didn't mention that it was at the very, very end of the con as we were doing the sad walkout from the uh, expo floor. 
and uh, you know, ran into him, and he was equally exhausted from an entire weekend of running games. So, uh, yeah, th- that's why we both needed a little time off from We Are Stupid, but now we're back. We're back, back baby. We're back uh, and we're stupid. All right, buddy. That's going to wrap it up. Thanks, everybody. Okay. Uh, we appreciate you as always. Look, keep an eye out for all these videos this week. Character videos are dropping. Ugh. Gen Con videos are dropping. Uh, oh, I played the wrong background music. How about that? And get uh, hyped. Get hyped. <laughs> Subscribe to our YouTube yeah. channel. It's free. Uh, if you haven't already, you'll get updates about all this shit that we're dropping. Uh, it's an exciting time to be a member of the Nash. And uh, it's time to get back to our roots, buddy. It's time to get back. We're getting in studio. Multiple. We will be multiple episodes deeper into Gatewalkers before we record our next fodder. Oh, my God. We Just will. Just amazing. All right. Take it easy, everybody. Have a good one. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit GlassCannonNetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at Patreon.com slash GlassCannon. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.